give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. everybody this is double g for the fight game podcast here a day early with john laraca thanks for being able to jump on a day early john well i have to man the demand the demand for more fight game blobs is <laughs> 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 just it's just uh it's overwhelming right now so yeah we have to we have to come on early we have to record so J- john john is uh being a little facetious, I, I just had something to do a Thursday night to where I didn't know if I was going to get home early enough to record, and I didn't want to miss a week, obviously, because we have a lot of fun here. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, we are here one day early, uh, and which means that we had to almost watch like the May Young Classic live. Like this is the earliest I've ever watched that show. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of had to plan it out with the wife, had to schedule it. <laughs> <laughs> it was all good it was all good i told her i was like hey 10 o'clock need to watch it 11 p.m need to record and it was like all right no problem i'm like whoa man fantastic <laughs> maybe she thinks that you have a a budding radio career maybe she thinks you're gonna be on uh kmbr with tom tolbert at some point yeah well i was I was deflating the numbers. This is like the evolve and uh, <laughs> what was that? Premium flow slam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> flow <test> scenario. <laughs> so you, you you were you were giving her you were giving her some some worked information. I'm assuming. Yes, yes. I was like giving her some charts that are just basically my work chart. <laughs> this is our <laughs> put this the fight game blog letterhead over top of it. <laughs> this is our li- this is our listenership. But really, it's uh, the listenership for uh, Howard Stern on Sirius. Um, so, so actually, before we even get into the wrestling stuff, I was wondering if you were even paying. Now that the Giants are out of it, are you even paying attention to uh, any baseball as the championship series are going on? Yeah, I'm popping in now of the uh, the games last night. Um, in the long 13 inning game, I was like so tired. I was like, oh man, I'll hang around. And I was like, eyes are just super tired. I need to get up really early for work. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to kill myself. I'm just going to just go to bed and I'll get the notification in the morning. And I was like, ah, damn it. The Dodgers won. I was so <laughs> irritated. I guess. And, they, and then they won the night too, which yep. just pisses me off. You they're know, up, I don't, they're up 3 I'm 2. Rooting for the, I'm rooting for the, yeah, I'm rooting for the Brewers to win it all, but. And right now they're back against the wall. Yeah, the, the, it's obviously the Dodgers who are the Giants' uh, big enemy. But remember when they had heat with the Brewers in like 2010? Yeah, but I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, because they won three championships. That's why you're over it. Yeah, um, exactly. Did, so okay, so so what is like uh, your impression of Manny Machado? Because to me, he's like. He's like the the best chicken shit heel I've ever seen. <laughs> um, he's super talented. Uh, one of the best. 
he has a weird demand. Like he's probably best suited for third base, but prefers to play shortstop. You know, he's getting older. The third base would be better for his knees, but he wants to like play shortstop because a shortstop and it's like, dude, you're getting older. I know you're, you think you can play forever, but you know, you got to do things to protect your career and continue your career. I don't know. He's just, uh, and then I know he's got some fights and stuff in the past. He had the, he had the one with the A's a few years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He, he could be, he could be a, uh, a chicken shit heel, a classic, classic chicken shit. (laughs) So, so, uh, the, the, the comment, um, he didn't run out a ground ball uh, at, in one of the games. And so Ken Rosenthal asked him, he said, you know, so what, what's going on there? And Machado basically said, well, I'm not, you know, I'll, I'll never be Johnny Hustle. First of all, bro, it's Charlie Hustle. It's not Johnny Hustle. I've never yeah. heard of Johnny yeah. Hustle. And then, uh, you know, ba- basically he was just saying why he didn't run it out. And then, I don't know if you saw this, it was uh, yesterday, but uh, as he's uh, running out of ground ball, um, uh, the first baseman for the Bu- for the Brewers, Aguilar, he he's, he handles first base a little awkwardly. Like his foot was kind of in the middle of the bag uh, at, at, at taking a throw, and so Machado, I think, I think his he he just wanted to sort of sort of show uh, Aguilar that come on, bro, your foot's in the middle of the bag. So he's out. He's easily out, but he drags his back foot to clip the Achilles tendon of Aguilar, which could have been really dangerous. But I, I don't, I, you know, I just, I haven't seen that stuff since like I played like, uh, you know, uh, city baseball or semi pro, whatever you want to call it, where you have like assholes do stuff like that a lot. Um, but I was just like, wow, like he's such a kid. Like it's just amazing how immature he is. Now, people who don't really understand baseball, they didn't get why that was a big deal, but Christian Yelich was just like, you know, I for, I forgot what he called him, but he was just like, you know, bush leaguer, blah 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 blah. Uh, but yeah, like you know that that kind of thing to to diehard baseball fans is like, nope, that's not the way you do things on the baseball field. You know, you you run it out, you hit the, you know, you hit the outside of the bag. That's your part of the bag. The inside mm-hmm. of the part of the bag is the is the fielder's part of the bag. And so, uh, and then, you know, Machado's had some slides that were questionable to, to people. Uh, and so, yeah, he's just been a great, like, chicken shit heel and very easy to, to, I mean, it's easier to root against the Dodgers when Manny Machado's playing shortstop. So I've really appreciated that part, but I just have a weird feeling it's going to be Boston against uh, the Dodgers. And, you know, I'm not the root for Boston. Yeah, yeah, I'll, have to for the, I'll definitely root for Boston that one. Um, and MLB wants the Major League Baseball. They want that World Series because it's West Coast and East Coast, so they'll definitely be higher ratings. Plus, two legendary franchises. But you know, I'm going for lonely old Milwaukee. Um, Ken Machado. I don't know. He. I don't like the Dodgers at all, just because I hate the Dodgers. I'm a Giants fan, but we got Puig on there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I can't stand Puig with the ring. Puig was supposed to be your friend. My friend? Well, that, that was his gimmick. Puig is your friend. That's what he kept saying. Oh, God. I mean, I got some couple of good friends or Dodgers fans, but I can't root for them to win. I mean, sorry, folks. 88 is all you're holding on to. I know. For a long time. So. Well, I you know, hope the Milwaukee Brewers like, start 
start getting ahead of the game and, and start uh, and start start winning. Yeah, yeah, um, and and also the NBA is back, so I get to see my Warriors play again. But um, you know, so there's lots of competition uh, for for stuff going on at the beginning of the NBA postseason baseball football is in uh is in mid mid-season not not quite mid-season but it's getting there and so you know what it, re- it made me realize because i was so happy that the nba came back and you know basketball's great uh it's probably my it's not uh, baseball will always be my favorite sport to play uh i was much better in baseball than than anything else but basketball is my favorite sport to watch and so I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, wow, you know, why am I so excited for basketball to be on again? And I was like, oh, because I got to miss it for three months. And you know what we don't ever get to miss? Wrestling. <laughs> I was like, how excited no. would I be if Raw or SmackDown was gone for like three months? I'd be so excited to see it come back. Like I'd be like pumped up and I'd be so, you know, so fired up to watch. Yeah, I mean, there's so much content out there beyond just WWE, right? There's like, I mean, for like me who watches a lot of stuff, I mean, every every once in a while, I have to like take a break because like, there's so many insecurities I can see, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's just, or super kicks. It's just like, oh, I mean, just stop, watch a movie, watch a TV show, and then pick up some wrestling, but there's been some really good wrestling, so I kind of like pick and choose a little better, and and uh, hasn't I haven't had that burnout yet, but I think it'll probably come soon. Usually around this time, I usually start getting burnt out on stuff. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, I think last week we promised that we'd talk about the Observer Awards. We're actually going to push that until next week. We'll we'll talk about the Observer Award next week, and we'll you know we'll dedicate some time to it because um, you know there there's a lot Observer of Observer Hall of Fame. We gotta clarify. The I'm Observer sorry. Hall I'm sorry. Fame. The Observer Hall of Fame. You're right. We we will do yeah. the Observer Awards when 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 it's time for the awards. You're right. Because Observer Hall of Fame, um, because like, I mean, it's a pretty big deal, and and you want to have the information, and you want to make some good mm-hmm. some good selections, and you want to have your your information to back up your selections. So we'll go over that in, in, in some good detail next week, but. Um, the other thing I kind of want to pimp out a little bit before we get going on this show is um, the second We Want Flair podcast that you and I did, and that podcast is up. It's up. It's up in the same feed that this show is, uh, and it, it is our you know it is our opportunity to you know to do a podcast in person. Actually, uh, that's what we're, we save the We Want Flair ones for is when we get a chance to actually do one in person, and we did it on. The 1986 Battle of the Belts two match between Ric Flair and Barry Windham, and this is kind of this is kind of your responsibility. You're the one who's going to pick the matches for when we do these uh, these Flair podcasts, which aren't going to be weekly like this one, which is why we have this one. You know, we'll do the Flair ones when we have uh, time, and hopefully we can you know we can do them a little bit more frequently. But um, that podcast is up. Do you have an idea for the third show whenever we do do it? Yeah, I think we're going to do Vader, Flair, Starcade 93. We got a lot to talk about with that one. There's a lot of history leading into that match and coming out of that match, too. And then also, we can kind of make a, you know, with the death of Vader this year, we can also have a nice little 
career retrospective of his, you know, his accomplishments and talk about him. And, and it's a, it's an interesting match. It's, a, it's one of the players best. It's uh, a different type of match. Cause Vader is definitely a different type of opponent than, you know, his top matches that people always talk about with steamboat and, you know, steamboat funk, you know, those kind of matches. This is a little more, a different style for flair, take a lot more punishment than normal. So, um, that's good. I haven't seen it for a while either. So it'd be good to, to look back and I actually have the fourth match already in my, in my mind too as well, but I'll leave that for another time. The, uh, our, our buddy, um, Robert Silva, who helps, uh, doing an eye out with our, with our boxing stuff. He said that he can't wait for us to do, Ric Flair and Butch Reed. And I was like, I don't even know if I've seen that match. The one I, I'm not exactly sure what mm-hmm. one he's talking about specifically. Uh, I don't know if there, there's, I'm guessing there's like one pretty famous one. Um, but yeah, I was like, wow, I haven't even seen that match. So he was, I don't know about famous. I know there's some stuff from like mid South footage from where like, they would just like record a house show for highlights of the TV show, but they end up like, you know, taping the whole show. So there's that match out there. There's some, I think there's a match in Florida or St. Louis or something like that. So I'll have to do some dig on that one. That, that may not want to be for, for the fifth episode, but I think I'm going to go dig up. I'll just say it. I'm going to dig up a, a Lex Luger versus Ric Flair match, but not the ones that people think it's going to be a different one. And it's a good one. And it'll be fun to talk about. So looking forward to that one too. Um, yeah. So let's see. Yeah, I, I, I was looking for the tweet that he uh, that he reached out to me about, and I can't find it. Um, oh well. Uh, oh yeah. He he also said uh, Kerry Von Erich. So that was his other pick um, for down the line. Um, so so yeah. So we'll we'll you know. That that podcast is up. It was a lot of fun. We've gotten some really good uh, feedback on it. People enjoyed it, and I thought it. You know, that's kind. Of, that stuff is really in my wheelhouse when it comes to research and history and tying things together. Like that's what I really like to do. So it's uh, it was really fun to do it, and, and we'll keep you know we'll keep doing them as long as as we can find the time. Um, okay, so before we get into the wrestling, and it's mostly wrestling stuff this week. Uh, there is one piece of boxing news that came out on uh, Tuesday night, and we don't, you and I generally don't talk a ton of boxing, but uh, but this is so interesting to me because DAZN, which is the the streaming service that we've talked about before that has Bellator and it has Eddie Hearn's uh, promotion, um, they recently, just Tuesday night, signed up. Golden Boy, uh, Golden Boy with, with Oscar De La Hoya, including Canelo Alvarez for an eleven fight deal for three hundred and sixty five million dollars. Wow! And I was just, I was so surprised. I, I wouldn't say I was surprised. It's just the money, the value of that contract, and they can, you know, in the stuff that I was reading, they kept saying guaranteed three hundred sixty five million. I was just like, what, like how, okay, if you do the math at $10, right, they, it's, it's $10 a pop for, uh, mm-hmm. 9.99. So you have 9.99 and I guess how many, you know, 
if you have uh, if you have one thousand, I mean one million subscribers, you have uh, what is that? Nine million nine hundred. So you have ten million dollars a month. So if Canelo is, if you're going to pay Canelo thirty million to fight twice a year. And you're only making um, 120 million a year based off the subscribers. Like the math doesn't work for me. So my guess is is that they expect him to a pump up the subscriber number. Um, you know, and WWE I don't think has even got to two million yet. Um, so you know, whatever, whatever, whatever their top level sub- subscription. A number is like it, they're they're lo- they're definitely losing money on the deal. I, I'm just trying to figure out where the value is for them because for Canelo, he you know I think he made 50 million for the last Golovkin fight. That's the number that's being tossed around. So he's not going to make 50 million for per fight, but he can fight any jabroni out there and make 30 million. Like that's what the deal is for, at least as far as I can tell in reading through it. I'm just so like, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out like where the numbers come from, you know, the zone is investing. And thus is this like, uh, like just how do they get their money back on the investment is, is kind of like what I'm wondering. But anyway, yeah, like that's... where are they getting their money from? <laughs> so, like, so, so to start this, this, to start this out. I mean, it's just throwing a lot of money around. And supposedly, uh, De La Hoya worked directly with John Skipper, who used to run ESPN and now is on the board at DAZN. So yeah, like uh, here's the other thing that I was thinking is that so where where could Canelo have gone? He could have gone to Showtime. Uh, he had he had been at Showtime prior. Um, the HBO basically said they're getting out of the game, so there's no HBO. You have DAZN, which I think people were expecting, you know, to be in the game. But then Premier Championship Boxing on Fox, I don't imagine De La Hoya would want to work uh, uh with um with that crew uh because they're sort of like rival promoters. Um he's not going to go to ESPN because Bob Arum is on ESPN and that and that's his main competitor, at least as I think he sees that as his main competitor. So I feel like there was only really two outlets, unless there's you know some other streaming network or you know maybe um, I don't know NBC was or who knows, but it just seemed to me that you know DAZN should have had a little bit more leverage because there is not as there's not there wasn't the options that that there may have been just because of the the market, but hell you know. Good for Canelo. He's the he's gonna make so much money over the next uh, five years, and um, I I didn't I don't maybe there's some clauses that he actually has to win these fights. I don't know because <laughs> what if he just decides to tank some of these fights and then uh, he's he, his value goes down as a draw, but this money is autom- automatically still going to him. So who knows? Maybe maybe we'll see some more information on the contract. Maybe they have their outs because. With uh, I think with Bellator they have an out after a couple years if they want it. With Eddie Hearn I think they have the same thing. So the the, the length of the Eddie Hearn deal was like eight years, you know, one hundred twenty five million a year. 
but it's only guaranteed for like two or three years. So I don't know. Maybe there's something in there, but I was trying to find it and I sure couldn't find it. But anyways, that's kind of the, the, the biggest news on that end. I wonder if the zone has any interest in a young upstart wrestling promotion called Premier. <laughs> and, uh, dude, they don't even have to provide they, some great content. They don't even have to give you the 30 million that they're giving Bellator. I think they gave you like 750,000 a year. You would give them rights for everything. Like they, yeah, you could, you'd show it on your network. You can tell me what to do. You can boss me around like, man, <laughs> Um, amazing! Right. So much the money that's flying around out there right now is just amazing. It's just, it's wild. So so uh, you know I think I think I think the main thing with with wrestling right now, as far as like stories, um, is really just WWE and Saudi Arabia. And I don't. I mean, we've kind of talked about that last week. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit, just just because I I've been starting to feel a certain way about it. But um, but uh, before that, uh, SmackDown 1000 was Tuesday night. And, you know, I kind of get suckered into these special Raw shows. Like, you remember Raw 25. Um, what date was Raw 25? That would have been January 22nd of this year. And, you know, so they jazzed that Raw 25 show up. You know, Austin was in the first segment, and that was so fun. Uh, and they, you know, they teased a lot of stuff. They had the, they had the, um, the other show in the Manhattan center with the Ico, Ico pro banner. And, you know, <laughs> those, those poor bastards who bought those tickets got a whole lot of nothing that night. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I'm a sucker and I get sucked in all the time cause I get so like, I feel nostalgic for this stuff. And then I'm always really disappointed when it comes to, um, when it comes to the actual show and, I got duped again. I did not like the SmackDown 1000 show all that much, but um, it was uh, two hours, so it wasn't like that long Raw 25 show. And, uh, you know, they tried. They they brought out Vince McMahon. They made Vince and Shane and Stephanie dance. And, you know, Stephanie does not have to pretend to be a bad dancer, by the way. Like, she just embraced that. Like, I think that she embodies what a bad dancer is. Uh, and so she's out there dancing um evolution comes back even though you know i don't know were they really a smackdown act i feel like they were a raw act but uh anyways you know you gotta get 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 some ratings in there um they had some bad not even bad i would just say some matches that didn't even really matter too much and so my whole basis of of whether or not i thought that they were going to that they felt the show was important was what they were going to do with The Rock, because this was The Rock's show. SmackDown was The Rock's show when it debuted. And uh, and and so I was like, okay, well, it would be really cool if they got him to fly in and to like do a promo in front of the live crowd. Um, I didn't expect it. And I would imagine with the Saudi Arabia stuff, maybe it's not great for him to, to be connected to them necessarily right now. But I was like, okay, at the very least, they'll get like a he'll cut like an Instagram promo or something and and send it over. And, you know, he'll do the thing where he'll anticipate what the crowd does so that he pauses at the right time. He's really good at that. And then he didn't even do that. Instead, 
he wrote a tweet. <laughs> he wrote a tweet to he, to uh, the WWE universe that said, "Huge SmackDown 1000, congrats to my WWE family." Fun fact: In 1998, I said to Vince McMahon, "I'm going to use the word SmackDown tonight in my promo." He said, what's that mean? I said, it means I'm going to whoop some ass. He belly laughed and said, say it. The rest was history. So that's all that they really cared about. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's all they could, they could get from him. I can't imagine he wouldn't just do a promo. But like that was it. Like once that happened, I was like, OK, I know what the show is. It's not important. I can't believe I decided to watch the show live. So. <laughs> That's like that's my take. Uh, I know people who were there live who said that they really they really enjoyed it, had a lot of fun. Um, and I know people who watched it who went in with lower expectations than I did and, and enjoyed it as well. Uh, Rey Mysterio came back. He beat uh, Shinsuke Nakamura in the, the World Cup uh, qualifying match or whatever they called it. Uh, he beat him with uh, with the six one nine match was just sort of so so. I think they I think what happened is is that the evolution stuff plus Edge's promo went long, uh, and so Mysterio's match with Nakamura was uh, a little bit uh, they didn't have an, a, as much time because then they decided to wheel out the Undertaker at the end, and all he said was that he has three words for DX. Rest in peace, and that was it. So, really, um, I know I know people came back to watch it. It, it actually outrated Raw this week, which is uh, you know it's not too much to brag about. But um, you know, other than that, there there was there was just a couple cool things. Evolution, you know, Dave Batista sort of sort of challenging Triple H. He just kind of said you know Triple H had never beat him before, and Triple H kind of made the mean face. He did base he did kind of. Uh, Ric Flair was talking about his uh, his ten you know you know that ten thousand number that Flair throws around as far as women he slept with, so he he kind of insinuated that uh, in the promo, and then Dave Batista started swinging the microphone as if it was Ric Flair's penis on the stage. So they did that, um, and Edge did a really good promo uh, with uh, with Becky Lynch, but the only thing that it did was it just reminded me like how good something like that is and how not so good some of the stuff is with with uh, all the written promos that they do so i don't know i i don't imagine that you watch this show but i kind of just wanted to give my thoughts i i, I it's on the website on fightgameblog.com i i kind of live blogged it as we went through it but i don't imagine you watch this show and i don't imagine that you got suckered in or were interested at all like me no i didn't watch it um got busy doing other things i was gonna tune in and kind of skim over it but i just didn't get a chance got busy wrapped up and stuff but um i did see some youtube clips um with the uh, evolution stuff and i mean i i mean the positive that it sounds like they're gonna tease a triple h uh batista match wrestlemania i don't know if that was just on the fly or something they were planning to just do just to kind of keep people's get people talking. Um, but I can see Batista doing that, you know, I can see him doing WrestleMania this year and that, that be a featured special attraction match. So there, I mean, there's some news that came out of this and I think that's it. Um, so at this point in here, Ray and Shinsuke was so, so 
But uh, yeah, I mean, nothing really grabbed me to like tune in. Like I had to see it. Everything I feel like everything right now I can't just kind of feed the highlights on YouTube and just give me the gist of what happened. Nothing's really like, man, got to make sure I watch this. There's nothing right now, but hopefully it'll pick up soon because I, I want to feel that. I want to feel that excitement to watch WWE. It's the you know number one promotion and wrestling out there, and and that's just their job to make me feel that way. And right now they're not because it's a talent. It's just no one's really a, over right now. Like no one's a superstar, and they don't have those guys yet or gals yet. So hopefully. You know that person's coming soon because they they definitely need it. I will say that Batista and Randy Orton in Evolution dwarfed everyone else charisma wise. <laughs> like it wasn't even close. It was just like, oh wow, like these two guys are stars, and everyone else is just SmackDown blue brand wrestlers. Um, yeah, and this is going to kind of play into uh, the Observer Hall of Fame stuff because Randy Orton is is on the ballot, and he's going to be someone who I expect people will think about a lot on whether or not he deserves it. But uh, they did like um, they they've been doing highlight stuff of, of Randy Orton lately, uh, and, and so you get to see like past stuff that he's done, and uh, you know the the youngest uh, the youngest world champion and. And all that. And like, like me thinking about some of the great stuff that he's done, like he, he really does feel like a, a pretty big star. Uh, I mean, he goes out there today and, you know, he doesn't do a whole lot, but what he does is still really good and, and generally uh, fairly meaningful. So uh, I think, you know, from a longevity perspective, he's been great. Uh, but yeah, like him and him and Batista just like, I'm just out there going like, okay, like, just keep these guys on for two hours and I, and I'll be, and I'll be happy. But you know, edge was another one edge cut, like edge cut, uh, what I would consider like a Mick Foley promo where it's very well thought out. It's very much about psychology. It's taking you one way and then it zips over to the other way. He was basically talking to Becky Lynch and saying how, you know, she really went for it and she you know he 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 loves seeing her go for for uh for hers and 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 Becky was kind of feeling herself a little bit and then he said something to the effect of like you know um even, even though what did he say I think I have it somewhere here he said um you know even though sometimes you got to go for it you know screwing those relationships that 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 you you have at the same time might not be worth it and then he said you know because you may not like who you will become and then she had a great line because she goes you're right i don't like myself i love myself and she basically told him to get out of her ring like she didn't call him this but she was like making fun of his neck and all of his injuries like she she almost called i was waiting for her to bust out the pencil neck geek line but she didn't do it but um, but yeah, like like the Edge's promo was just like so fantastic, and the guy hasn't had to cut a wrestling promo in you know five years or whatever. So it's just like when they do bring those guys back, it just shows you you know what kind of freedom that they have, and that freedom because they're so good at it just dwarfs everything that that actually uh, you know the the current wrestlers today get to do. Not to say that they they couldn't yeah. do just as good of stuff, but it's just a different. It's like a, it's almost like a different uh, company now. Yeah, that's that's 
it is a different company from the attitude era for sure. Things are a little bit overproduced too much to where, yeah, we're taking the personalities away from this, these talent. And like you, like you said, like here's Batista, here's Randy Orton, and then, you know, they're being loose and comfortable. They're not really have to following a script per se. This, they probably have bullet points like the old days and they're just, they're just going out there and Batista don't give a crap. He's just like a Hollywood star now. So he is, he don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, what he's doing out there, so I mean, he could swing a microphone like a dick, and no one's gonna say anything to him. And, and Edge too. Edge is professional, and Edge has always been a great promo. And you know he's out there, you know, having fun and stuff. And yeah, you're right. I know when they bring these old stars back, it's like man, they feel like someone special. And then you just remind you, like the guys, even though they're really talented. And exciting and more athletic or whatever, but the, the same they don't feel as big as those guys did, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, and some of the, some of the, I know, and most of the time is booking and 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 like just and keeping the overproducing them and and because you know just there's no there's no need that there's no reason why Roman Reigns can't be a bigger star in my opinion. You know, he can talk, he can wrestle, but. When they haven't talked, they haven't take stupid things, or they just don't go with what the crap, you know, go with the crowd, and you know, they're just their their stubbornness is like just keeping them as a WWE superstar and not a superstar. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, um, so yeah, that was SmackDown 1000. You know, I was, I was pretty disappointed. I wanted to see more stuff. I want to see more of a celebration of the history side, but they are building up like three shows at one time, uh, and and so I, I can see why it, why it's hard to do that. You can't just throw away a week to do like a historical show because you have all these things to advance because you have Evolution coming mm-hmm. up, and then you have the Saudi Arabia show that they are not uh, that they are not you know they're not moving away from. And look, I I don't want to talk about this a whole lot because. You know, this is kind of a fun thing for us to do. It's, we don't need to, you know, talk about things that are upsetting. But I think the most interesting thing to me is um, as more news comes out about what happened to the to the journalist that that was uh, basically murdered and chopped up. Uh, it's come out that you know the first of all the intelligence was there. We the the U.S. knew sort of you know what had happened, but it's the cover up part that is really frustrating. Uh, I just read today that, you know, the, the, the rumors are that the white house is trying to work with, uh, the go their, their government to try and figure out a way to make it seem as if it was not the orders of the, the crown prince who is the main guy associated with the WWE in this deal that they're doing to go to Saudi Arabia. So, look, I, I'm not, you know, I, if, if, if I wanted to do a show about this, I'd bring on my buddy Alex Goff because he's, like, so dialed in to, to the political scene nationally and locally. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm reading stuff here and there. But I think the thing that hit me was, you know, because you think about, like, okay, like, how do I voice my disapp- disapproval with what they're doing, with WWE staying with this show. And I guess the only way I can really do it is, like, canceling my network subscription, right? Like, that's, like, really, you know, outside of just, like, saying, oh, I'm not going to be a fan anymore, which is probably not going to happen if I'm being realistic. Um, But it's, like, you know, 
buying tickets or, or my my network subscri- subscription or whatever. And I and I was really thinking about it. I was like, you know what? You know, you <clears throat> when we have our uh, have our WWE, you know, viewing Sunday parties, hangouts, like there are several of us who have subscriptions. I don't need to have one. There's like three of us who could put in our information. And so I, I'm really thinking about it. I'm, I'm not going to do it until we get through finishing the uh, the May Young Classic. But I'm kind of like I'm, I'm kind of thinking about it. I, I just don't like I don't like the answers that, that they're given. I don't like their stance, you know, having JBL go do media and say, well, of course, we're going to do the show. It's for the betterment. You know, they're they're a changing society, blah, 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 blah. Like BS. Like, come on. Like, we're not that we're not stupid. So. Um, it's it's about the money. It's about the, the huge money deal, the contract that they signed that uh, is worth uh, you know, d- depending on 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 you know what happens with the second show, you know, fifty million or a hundred million a year, whatever whatever that number is. That's the reason they're doing it. It's not to better relationships and to help them grow as a society. Absolutely not. So that to me is maybe the thing that I can do, which is to kind of just, you know, say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to renew my, um, my WWE network subscription. And then when they send me the the thing that says, well, why are you doing it? And then I'll write them and tell them why. So maybe, maybe there are other people doing that. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of get that off my chest because it's been something that I've been thinking of, you know, when you're close to this stuff and there are political ramifications, there are, you know, na- there's nasty stuff going on, and then, then there's Donald Trump trying to make excuses for what happened. You know, they're a little they're a little close to him, and 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 I would rather I would rather not support something that is <clears throat> so close to that to that kind of kind of stuff. So I just had to get on my soapbox and and get that off my chest. I don't know if you had anything else to add, but you know, we can move on to happier things because there are happier things to talk about. I think we both enjoyed uh, the May Young stuff that we're going to talk about soon. Yeah, let's move on, man. This, this, but I respect your opinion and your your thoughts on this, and I agree, man. If you if you you're not into it and you're not want to support it, that's probably the best thing to do is to cancel the description and send that message message that way, you know. And, and it's interesting to see people who do that. It's just it's it's all about the money. And that's what it's all about. There's no way around this. Like I said last week, they're gonna do the show no matter what. It's gonna happen unless. The only thing I think is going to, if they were canceled, like if the stock drops big time, and well, the stock the stock has down. dropped. Uh, I think it's dropped about fifteen bucks over the last, I don't know, five days. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's related to this much. Um, I think it's related to other stuff, including I think they some analysts uh, downgraded them, and then the stock market yeah. in of itself took a hit. Uh, uh, middle of last week as well, so I think that's more what it is. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I agree. If they if they thought that it was attributed yeah, we, to that, they they might do something about that. Yeah, let's go back to some happy talk. And then speaking of, I want to kind of circle back to SmackDown One Thousand. I'm surprised you didn't mention the historic moment that happened on SmackDown One Thousand, the One Thousandth turn of the Big Show. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, you could I read, see. You could see. I read that. I read the results, and I was like, uh, "Big Show's a heel again." Great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you could see it coming a mile away, and uh, I, I, I feel like that was a little bit of an inside joke on their end, and I found it kind of funny. Uh, at least I hope it was a little bit of an inside joke. I mean, look, the Big Show. They, you know, 
he, he he's going to be around until he's not. And they've tried to find ways to use him and, and, uh, keep him powerful and they haven't he, you know i think we've seen too much of the big show over the last uh 20 some odd years so you know i i'm just glad that the guy can still perform and, and still do stuff at his age because you know there i think there was uh some some worry that you know as he as he got older that it it, it may it may be a little bit more of a struggle for him to to continue wrestling but i mean look he, he looks like he's in good shape and hopefully he's in good health and you know, I'm done, Dad. Like him, I like seeing him when he comes out. But yeah, I mean, you saw it coming a mile away. The, you know, the other thing about that show is, you know, they're setting up Daniel Bryan for this match with AJ Styles, and the last two matches that I've seen him on TV, he got pinned clean both times. So I'm like, oh great, they're really getting Daniel Bryan ready to uh, to to for this title match. Man, it's gonna happen in front of a crowd. It doesn't give a crap. Yep. Gonna suck. But, I mean, uh, they'll have a they'll have a good match though. But still, I I, I wish it was on U.S. soil instead of in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. I wish it was like at something big, like Royal Rumble or WrestleMania or something, something that mattered. Yep. Um, okay, so uh, before we talk about May Young, um, did you catch? Did you see any of the UK show at all? No, not at all. So maybe I'll try to sneak it in. So there, uh, it it like. You know, we talked about this when we first started watching the May Young Classic, how same, same it was to last year's show. This UK show, if you watched any of the UK specials, it's like exactly the same. Same yeah. look, you know, it sounds the same, the graphics are the same. I think they're trying to make it, it is It is obviously called NXT UK, so they're trying to make it a little bit uh, more like slick, like how NXT is, you know, a little bit quicker cuts uh, and stuff, but um, yeah, so, you know, the, the rest, I'm sure the wrestling's good, or going to be good. I watched a little bit of it just to kind of check it out and see what they were, what they were going to do, um, but hell, you know, you get to watch Pete Dunne every week, and that, that's a good thing. But yeah, so that's kind of you know that was kind of my feeling on that. But let's uh, yeah let's, let's talk about the May Young Classic because we were down to the final eight, and there was something in this show that we all knew was coming, which was Tegan Knox, uh, aka uh, Nixon Newell, aka Stephanie Newell, and we knew just based off of the um, the uh, the tapings that she got hurt. And that um, I think, you know, word came out that she was also uh, probably going to win. And this injury kind of changed a lot of the uh, a lot of a lot of the the plans. And so you could actually see it in this match because she's in a match with Rhea Ripley. She does a dive out. And the way that she lands is she lands on the ramp. So, you know, the ramp is kind of going up at, you know, 45 degrees or whatever, whatever it is. And um, and so she sticks she sticks the dive and she lands with her left leg and it looked like her left knee like slightly buckles like she immediately immediately there's a look on her face that's like oh shit something just happened mm. and she'd already torn up the other knee before so you know that she knows exactly what that feels like. And so they, when they go back in the ring, she's limping, just limping like crazy. And this is like, you know, they're selling and then there's fear. And she she had fear uh, in her selling 
as if to say, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to continue to do this. So she's toughing it out. The referee's asking her, you know, the referee throws up the X, but then, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if she was basically saying, you know, no, let's try it. You know, let's try and get through this. I'm fine. I'm fine. But they bring the doctor ringside and I'm like, okay, when you bring the doctor ringside, the doctor's job is to make sure that this person is not really hurt. Cause if they're really hurt, they're probably going to stop the match. And so I'm, I'm, I'm watching her and she's like, Oh, you know, you can tell she's just trying to get through it. Like she's probably really conflicted about what the right thing to do is. But if if she's supposed to win this whole tournament, like you can understand why she would want to try and get through the match. And so she she powers up uh, after uh, they restart the match. And and Rhea Ripley is just like a badass this whole match. Like she understands what's going on and she just. Her, her character and her portrayal and, and her heel stuff is just absolutely right on the money perfect. And so Rhea Ripley's just chopping the hell out of her. Tegan Knox fires up. She starts chopping back. Then Rhea Ripley hits a drop kick, sweet drop kick. And as Tegan Knox takes the bump, her knee, I think, her knee cap dislocates. And she grabs her knee immediately, and she's given her own X sign to say, I'm hurt. And she's screaming out in pain at this point. And I think the referee, I mean, uh, the referee is finally saying, okay, this is it. You know, we're going to stop this match. Um, I read afterward what she actually injured was, so basically her kneecap dislocated. Luckily for her, it bounced back. And the reason why... I'm being so descriptive of this is because I've had the same injury where my kneecap dislocated and then it bounced back into place. But everything else stretches in there, right? Like your, your ligaments are stretching and, and, um, and, and luckily for me, my ligaments were only stretched. I didn't tear my ligaments. Unluckily for her, she tore her ACL. She tore her MCL. And she also tore her meniscus with this injury. And so I get her trying to tough it out because she's, I mean, God, she was so tough in that ring. Just like I couldn't even imagine when she first hurt herself. My guess is that that's where the ACL tear comes from. I'm not sure. She didn't really go into heavy detail. Um, But at that point, I'm just like, oh, my God, she tore her ACL and she's trying to finish this match. And I thought that was the extent of the injury. And then the dropkick happens, and then she, her knee gets injured more. So what were your thoughts on that whole thing? And, you know, how do you think it was handled from both sides? Like, obviously, she's try, she, you know, she wants to finish. But what, what is the responsibility is, is, uh, of, of the folks in the ring? Um, because the worst of the worst happens, which she gets hurt even more trying to finish the match. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna put too much heat on WWE on this situation because when the referee is not the referee, sorry, the doctor is talking to her. She's saying, "I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay," and he can't really just, just stop it. And he, you know, he's trying to let it go as much as possible because you know there's a match happening and you're trying to save the segment. And if she can continue and just they can probably edit and she'll be fine, or they can use this as part of story and. You know, she says she's okay, but I think the doctor realized and the people in the back realized 
soon, like, okay, enough's enough. You know, when she finally collapsed, it was like, that was it. And she's screaming out loud, that's it. They got to call it. And it sucks. You know, she's going to be out for a very long time, probably not till the uh, end of next year, unfortunately. And she was supposed to win it. And it's, you know, and it's as the the reports have come out. And if you see the booking, it's obviously that's the story they're telling. They want the story of the girl who was injured last year to win the whole thing this year. It's just a a really nice story. That's what WWE's all about, telling stories. And I thought, you know, minus, it was, from what I understand, they definitely edited it down because it was a lot longer. She was definitely on the ground in pain a lot longer. Um, it was dead silent in the in the audience when this happened. You can hear a pin drop. Some people were crying, and they did get footage of that. Um, I thought, on the other side, I thought Rhea Ripley did a great job. Her reaction wasn't like, oh, shit, oh, shit, this match is all fucked. What are we going to do now? Like, she kept playing her character, kept playing her character, and... I'm not sure. I'm sure the referee got her word in the back to, to get that information to Rhea, but, you know, I mean, it was seamless. Like, there was nothing that I saw. And, then, of course, these are edited, so there could be things taken out. But, like, from what I saw on film, on, on the show, it's she was great. And then, this, you know, she's, like I said, she's a star, and she's going to be a ring general, like, just like last about well, the show before with Casey, when Casey botched that springboard. Instead of freaking out, like she ran up to her and nailed her and gave her a shot in the back, and you know, it was seamless. It didn't look like a mess up, like someone taking advantage of someone screwing up in a match, like a realistic situation, not like pro wrestling. This is not the way they were supposed to go. Mess up, you know, a botch. So it was. Um, I was pretty impressed with that, and it sucks. I mean, Tegan Knox, you can tell like this girl has like the superstar potential. They're really high on her for sure. And it just—it's just not not her time yet. And hopefully, she gets all this repaired, and let's just hope that she can make a recovery and, and have a good career. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably a little bit harder on the um, uh, on how it was handled because knowing that she had the previous injury. I think I'm pretty sure she knew she tore her ACL when she landed outside the ring. And yes, she t- she needs some of that responsibility. She, you know, I'm sure she had like 20,000 things going in her mind. And she, you know, mm-hmm. she's a young woman. This is her break. She knows the story from last year to this year. And she probably is just like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Um, but because I've had that similar injury and I'm just like, the kneecap, she, she, I mean, her, the way she described it is basically her kneecap exploded. Like, that's how she described it. Mm-hmm. And just knowing how badly my knee still hurts to this day, 12 years after I did after I did the same thing, um, I just feel bad for her because I, I, what I hope is, is, you know, she's a, a great, she, you know, she's a much better athlete than me. So she, you know, maybe her, she'll heal a lot better and she'll do all the things she needed to, she needs to do to make sure she's a hundred percent. Um, because if she can, the story, everyone saw this and, and they could use this footage for forever. And especially if she comes, you know, she, she, she should come back as like a really hot baby face that, Mm-hmm. Lots of fans have 
tons of sympathy for and they yeah. look at this comeback as like wow this is a great struggle and here's your payoff to come back i mean wwe does that story very well right how often did we see triple h come back from that torn quadricep like they yeah. i I'm, i've probably seen that video a thousand times in my whole life and it was so effective to get him back and to get him going um and and they could do that and that's my hope for her is that she does heal um, you know, I'm sure there were, there were mistakes, but hell, it's, it was like an, an urgent situation. And like I said, I'm a little bit harder on it than, than most probably because I have a similar injury. Um, and I just hope that they, I hope that she can come back and get, you know, everything out of it that, that they can, that they can give her from this to play off because man, you know, if she can come back, what a great story. Yeah. I mean, when I was watching it, the first thing I thought, like when it was all, when it was done, all the segment was over. I was like, "Well, silver lining is she'll be a bigger star coming out of this," which is mm-hmm. you know crazy to say because she suffered such a devastating injury. But really, I mean, you could play this footage, you could play the disappointment, the story of the two years of her opportunities being squashed because of her knee injuries, and I mean, if I was them, I could. I would do something where her first match is at a takeover. She's still going to be on the NXT roster. If they do a women's world rumble again, maybe she's the one that wins it mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, you know, like you could do a couple of different things to really capitalize on her return and her turn can just, shouldn't be just a match on an NXT show on a Wednesday. It should be at a major event. So either takeover and, or, or like, like I said, like a like a Royal Rumble, Women's mm-hmm. Royal Rumble would be perfect, actually. And her winning it would be would be awesome. But you know, you could just tell. I wouldn't do it as a surprise because I don't think people, the main roster, people that just watch the main roster, don't know who she is. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't watch NXT. The, the key, if she's going to be in the Royal Rumble, it has to be advertised that she is going to be in the Royal Rumble and why and who she is and show you know, footage on Raw and SmackDown of like what happened in this tournament and get that sympathy on her. And that, 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 that'd be what I would do. And cause I, I, just, I think she's a superstar and I just, I feel it. I, I know they do. So I just want to see, I just hope, I just hope she, it happens for her. Cause you know, she just seems like a, you just, you just want to root for this girl. Yep. Yep. And, totally. um, but in the, in the, in the, and on another note, like Rhea, who was supposed to lose that match, now goes on the semifinals, is in a, a bigger position. Now she wrestles, you know, Io Shirai, and that's a high-profile match for her. And, and from what I understand, it was a really good match, which so she looked forward to watch next week. So, I mean, I think all in all, everyone's going to be okay. And, and uh, you know, in the end, Tegan's going to be a bigger star, and, and Rhea will be right there for her, you know, with her and with the likes of Bianca Blair and others, you know? So, uh, yeah, let's actually talk about that match next. Uh, Io Shirai and Deanna Perrazzo. Uh, did, did, did Deanna, did Deanna Perrazzo, uh, make an impact so that you actually remembered that she was on the show this time? I know. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it. You know? Uh, yeah, you know, she, it was a good match. Um, they think these two wrestled before, uh, Deanna has been a stardom, you know, EO, the top star of stardom. So they have history together. So the chemistry was, was, was really good. Um, the crowd being tired 
because again, remember this was like a long show yeah. when it happened when they taped this, so I can tell that they were just tired and and you know you see all these similar moves, you know, you know for thirteen matches, you know, it kind of goes down. So, but that's I think you're good. Um, it's funny, like you know, EO did the dive out too. She did the cross body the ropes, and she does it the correct way, which is at an angle. Yeah. So you don't catch your feet. Absolutely. Right? She, her, hers was like spot on. That's like one of the best ones. Yeah, no, she's, she's, she's perfect. She's, she's like technically one of the best out there, man or women, you know, like she executes really well, though she did miss the moonsault, but we'll talk about that. Um, that's like it, the, it was, is that the second time she's overshot it? Second time she's not, she's, she's, she shoots too far out. So she yeah. Put her opponent out a little farther. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's on that's on EO. I mean, unless you want Deanna to look like a goofball and try to shift her way into the middle, so <laughs> you know. But then again, like last time, you know, she had uh, Zaya Brookside out too far, and she killed her with the knee. So yep, yep, yep. Um, maybe she would, didn't want that to happen again, you know. And so she was kind of like putting her a little too close to the corner, and, and, and but they they did a really good job of editing it. I mean, it was it was too bad, but. Um, I think she hits a better one and coming up, but um, but no, like when you go in and a dive, how you go in the angle so you don't catch your feet. I remember it's funny being taught this by Michael Modest, who doesn't he didn't do that dive out, <laughs> you know? But like mm-hmm. he was the head trainer at APW at the time, and I remember him explaining it to me, and it was interesting because I thought they just shoot straight out, and yeah. a lot of people do, but like he said, the correct way to do it was at an angle so you don't hit your get your feet caught in the, in the ropes and, you know, really caught them some serious injury. And so when Tegan did it, she went straight out. And when he straight out, it, she, uh, Rhea caught her in like a bear hug, but then her legs went straight down. That's where yeah. she jammed it or something. And that's when she got the injury. But, uh, Dion looked good. Uh, EO looked fantastic. Um, I, I don't know if you, did you notice he, EO healing up a little bit in there too, being a little cocky out there. Yeah, I could. I, I mean, I didn't. I, I didn't know if it was uh, a little a little heal. I, I just saw her as like sort of matching uh, Diana's. Uh, I don't know what you would call it, uh, edge or whatever. Because this is the this is what I thought from her last match, the one that you said that uh, that that you didn't remember her was. I, I liked her personality a lot more. Like this, a little bit of edginess, a little bit of like. I'm actually really good or I'm actually good. Like that was the persona that, that, that I saw from her and I saw it again in this match. Right. I, I actually liked kind of her confidence in the match. And I, I took it as sort of like EOS going like, okay, like I'm, I'm glad that, that you're confident because I'm really good. And thus, you know, it, it, it like, I thought she was just matching that, but I, I maybe it was like a little bit of a, of a heelish kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was just playing with stuff out there, and but she just feels like a natural heel too. I mean, she looks like she could do both, which which is amazing. So I'm wondering, say she, I, 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 I don't know. I think Tony Storm might be winning it, but if Io goes over and Kyrie goes over Shayna, that there's like an a little you know, friends become enemies mm-hmm, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There, I can I can definitely see could, that. And I think Io, you know how. You know, Kyrie, I just can't. I just can't boo her. She's like, we're just people, right? I just can't. <laughs> yeah, it's a, like a, it's a great I mean, so comparison. Eo is, Eo is, 
you know, I have a crush on her. She's like amazing. And, but, uh, but I think if you're going to put a heel, I, I, you know, Eo looks like she's a, she looks like she's a natural at it. So I don't ever seen her as a heel. I think I saw her a little bit of when she did that match with the uh, Pentagon and Lucha Underground. All the three girls were started and wrestled Pentagon in the match. And, and but you know, like I'm curious to see that for something in you know later this year or 2019 might be a program of the future. You know. Uh, so, um, so like you said, Io wins and she goes on to face Rhea Ripley in the semifinal, which is next week. So we got one semifinal and in the other semifinal, um, we had, uh, Lacey Lane face off against, uh, um, Michael Sutomura. And this was a match where the story was sort of veteran versus rookie upstart and the rookie upstart had a lot of energy but the veteran was just too good and eventually won. And, and uh, Satomura, uh, I think, hit her with a DVD and won the match. And, and you know, it, it was probably, I mean, it was exactly the, the story that they that they should have told. Um, and, yeah, it was like that veteran, you know, rookie kind of kind of match. And, and it was the one that kicked off the show. And I think it, it, it was okay and it got the show off to, to a good start. The, the thing about uh, Lacey Lane that I like is, is her energy, but you know, she's, Mm -hmm. she's very new. So, you know, she, I don't, I don't, she probably doesn't have everything down the way that she will have it down in a couple years. Uh, but she's got some stuff that she can work with. She's looks like she's a really good athlete. Yeah, she is definitely a really good athlete. And I think what they like about her is I think she's culturable. You know, you tell like she's picking this up pretty fast and she did some stuff that I thought was pretty, pretty high end for her level like i think she did some and she did some creativity um uh, I, I, I like her i like her i, I was kind of hoping for a name change and hoping for a different look but uh, the hair is just way too long it's just too distracting i say this every week but the storyline of the match was perfect i liked um you know if i should have been the veterans kind of toying with the rookie the rookies the youth and energy to kind of get some moments but i like it and they go back and forth back and forth and they mm-hmm. go where it's like me, Mick was kicking out a million things, and it's like it's just like she's you know, Lane got a couple moves, a couple near falls, but uh, Sotomayor just bam, kicked her right in the head. Yeah, DVD, boom, and like like that's the way it should be. That's the way a veteran should put away a young up comer. It shouldn't be this long drag out thing that we're gonna see in every damn match. Like like Rick so Flair gets a jobber. I, 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 yeah, I, mean, I really, I, I, no, I really, I really did like the, I really did like this opener. I thought, I thought it was a perfect story, and they executed well. Uh, and then uh, the main event was Tony Storm and Mia Yim, and it's funny because most of the uh, most of the stuff after this show was, that I saw was everyone congratulating Mia Yim because, you know, she she gets eliminated here. Tony Storm wins the match to go on to the semifinals. But um, she, Mia Yim also gets a contract. So, you know, everyone was so happy for her to get the contract with WWE. So even though uh, she lost the match, uh, all I saw on Twitter was Mia Yim, Mia Yim, Mia Yim. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool that it works out that way. I don't, I don't know if... Uh, if uh, I wanted to, um, if I look at this as sort of an athletic competition and I'm watching this tournament without spoilers, 
I don't know if I necessarily wanted to see all this congratulations for me, but I mean, it's great for her. Just uh, it kind of took me out of the whole tournament aspect of why I am, I'm enjoying this. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm so glad that, that she did get picked up because she is really talented and they had a good match. Like, you know, you know, you know, Tony Storm, you know, if I was 20 years younger, she, she'd be the poster that I'd have on my wall. But um, or maybe 25 years younger. Um, but yeah, I think she's I like I think she's dynamite. I I I want her to win everything. But this was a this was a good match. I I, I like uh, I, I maybe liked Mia Yim more so in this match than uh, any other match that I've seen of hers. Yeah, this is definitely Mia's best performance. Um, though she had a really good performance with Caitlyn. I thought she did really. Good yeah, that was her. really good. Yeah, so I think you know this was definitely the icing on the cake for her, and she definitely deserved a contract after this performance in this tournament overall. And I like Mia. I think she has this she has this this unique aura about her. She has that I don't want to say it factor, but there's something that gravitates you towards her. I think she mm-hmm. it has a great look to where like girls want to look like her and, and dress like her, do the hair like her and and wanna wanna be like her, like athletically. I think she she has that connection with with girl with with women. So I think um I, don't know, I think that I think she has like you know, I always like thinking about future things like you know like how Lita connected with a lot of young girls right like I think Mia has something about her that that has that so I think it's a, I think it's a good signing and she deserves it a long time on the Indies and yep. working hard and you know she did her time in TNA and and all that so I mean she's in been in Japan and. And and so it's it's cool. It's cool when you see a long time, long time person in the Indies finally getting her big break, and and I'm happy for her. And and, and when Tony and we talked, I mean, we'll have, we've already said it enough about Tony. She's, I mean, what, 22 years old or 23 mm-hmm. years old? She's like, she's she's there. She's there. I mean, I just hope God get her away from NXT UK. I know they're trying to take <laughs> that brand and get that thing going, but like, come on, guys, come on, she's does not to be wasted on a show that not that many people are going to be watching. Yeah. Put her on Raw, put her on SmackDown. Let's add some life to those women's divisions. They're just kind of sitting there. And same thing with Rhea Ripley. Like, I know she's the NXT UK women's champion, but, you know, like, come on. This girl's she's not too far away from being main roster. You know, I would say another six months, she should be there. After WrestleMania, she should be there. So, you know, and then and let's, let's, I know they don't want to rush a, a girl that's 21 years old, right? I mean, they, there's no need to rush that, but it's like when they're ready, they're ready. Yep, yep. You know, let's, let's you know, if we're thinking sports, you know, they're not, you know, they're calling up a Buster Posey, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they need some youth and energy. So let's call for Rhea Ripley, let's call for Tony Storm, let's do this. Yeah, the the one thing I want to add about Mia Yim that, that you were sort of mentioning is, um, div- I mean, diversity is is awesome you know when you get to see uh you know wwe wants to be this international company right and i think they do a pretty good job of of uh, going into different markets and and trying to penetrate those markets now some 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 markets they have their own cultural uh wrestling that that has been there forever but having someone like mia yim who is ethnic and asian uh is fantastic because Guess what? Like there are future uh, young Asian women who you know are going to be watching Mia Yim and go, "Oh wow! Like 
I could do that too. I want to do that. That looks that looks uh, that looks like fun. And so I think you know the, the diversity in, in 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 these women and uh, just in in the folks that WWE brings up. I think I think it's important. And so I, I always look forward uh, to when you know they have someone who looks a little bit different than than everyone else come up. And, yeah, uh, and she and she does. Yeah, that's what I like about her. Like, it's different. She looks different, but it's not, like, forced. It's just, like, a... She has a unique look about her. She's very attractive. I mean, it's... It's... I think, like I said, I think young girls would definitely gravitate towards her. You know, all, you know, all different races. I just think she has that that cool factor about her and something that WB can definitely market. And I think the girls... The future, future young ladies will be like, hey, I want to be a, a, a future me and like... Like a medium party said, "Hey, I want to be a a, a future leader, right?" So yep, yep, that's the totally. Hope, so. And so next week is the last episode of the May Young Classic: Rhea Ripley, Neil Shirai, and Michael Sanamura and Tony Storm. And then the finals will be held at WWE Evolution. And um, you know that show. I didn't. Uh, I want to wait to to uh, have an opinion on it, but. Um, I want to see the Ronda and, and the Bella stuff because <laughs> I heard that, well, you know, on Dave and Brian's show, they really liked it. But then I also heard from some other friends who didn't like it and they thought it was uh, it was a bit of a waste. So I'm kind of like I'm kind of intrigued because, you know, Dave and Brian aren't going to really like something unless it's usually like either money or or it's good. Uh, so the mm-hmm. fact that my friends had completely different um, different opinions is, is intriguing. So I, I still need to watch it. I have not watched uh, Raw yet, but I, I want to dig in there because if Ronda and, and Brie Bella is actually uh, a slightly big deal, like then Tony Storm and Io Shirai, there's going to be more eyeballs on them, and that will be really cool. So the people who aren't watching the Mae Young Classic will actually get to watch uh, these women wrestle. Yeah, I we, hope um, Io and Tony, Tony get an opportunity at Evolution to really steal the show. And they kind of, will. I, I mistakenly spoiled that, as the everyone knows the you know the, the results are out there, but I did not mean to spoil yeah. that. I was kind of getting ahead of myself. Well, I mean, it's out there. I think people are listening to the show are the hardcores that are going to you know look for look for look for the results. You know, I I already spoiled. Ripley winning the NXT Women's Champion. <laughs> 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 a, a listener, a, a loyal listener to the the fight game blog. So like, I, you know, they were just uh, they're like, oh man, you spoiled that. Like, oh man, I thought you would probably know that information already. But anyway, so I'm just hoping those girls get give them 15 minutes at least. You know, 12 to 15, hopefully more 15. I think they can. I think I think they can steal the show. I really, I, I really do. And um, I'm looking forward. That's probably the most match I'm probably most anticipating on the Evolution show, though. You know, seeing Trish in the ring one on one. Oh no, she's in tag now. So yeah, there it is. That, but uh, I'm looking forward to that, and also, you know, probably second to EO and uh, Tony Storm. I'm, I'm, you know, my girl Shayna Baszler. God, looks excited for her on a major WWE pay per view. So um, I'm actually pretty pumped for that show. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, for those two matches, and obviously, you know, any any chance you could see Ronda, Ronda, even if you don't like the way Ronda wrestles, she is a superstar no matter what. 
But yeah, like, I mean, for those same reasons, I, I'm interested. And so, uh, and plus we've been following this tournament. Um, we're really, I think we're really both in tune with um, the, the, the the final four and then the final two as far as, you know, we've been, it's almost like, you know, we, we, we've been watching this whole thing, anticipating, you know, the finals, which is how a tournament works and which is why tournaments can be really fun when you do them right. So, um, so yeah, so that, that, that's going to be, it's that, that's going to be not this weekend, but next weekend. So WWE evolution. Yeah. Uh, my joke was that Batista would come out on SmackDown and say something to the effect of, wow, you know, I had, I had such an impression on the females backstage that they named their pay-per-view after my group. But oh, that, that would have been a little God. bit. That would have been a little bit rated R. So they weren't going to. Can we also please, W, if you're listening, keep Big Dave Batista away from Tony Storm or <laughs> Io Shirai or the 32 women that compete in the man's classic? Please, just please, goodness gracious. Oh, Big David Batista around. He's diva hunting for sure. Oh, but they're not God. divas anymore, so maybe you can't find them. Maybe they're yeah, staying away yeah. from them. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, that's all for the uh, the wrestling stuff that I want to talk about. So, um, any, I, I know I you guys. Have funny, go ahead, I go ahead. a little funny story. Continue the, the wrestling a little bit. My coworker, who like likes to ask me about wrestling questions. Uh-huh. It's all based on Ronda Rousey, right? Like, it wow. was like, for the most part, it's mostly Ronda. And he goes, "Hey, dude," because under my desk. Hey, dude. You think you think Ronda's beating Brie Bella? <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because when you ask me about Ronda, I still think UFC. I think yeah, she's legit badass. I'm like, dude, she kill her. But I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I definitely think she's gonna win that. And he's like, well, how do you know? And I'm like, well, I don't know, but you know, I'm just an educated guess. He's like, he's like, this is what I think is going to happen. I think the other girl, her sister, is going to, like, he's breaking down this whole scenario, right? And I'm just like, yeah, that could, uh, that could, uh, that could happen. I could see that happening. You know, that's all about stories over there. So, to, you know, but I, I, mean, I don't see it right now. And he's like, he's like, so I think now he's going to turn one day. And he goes, you think her friend's going to turn on her? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think that thing is going to happen. It's just funny because, like, but how do you know? He, I, I, I don't know. It's just <laughs> funny though. It just cracks me up. Like when he comes by with these these scenarios, and like this one girl in my at my office, she's like, "Man, it's so stupid. Ron is doing wrestling." <laughs> she's like <laughs> upset about it. It's just it's just so funky. It's just so funky. Uh, hearing you know the casual casual you know fans thoughts on. The stuff that we actually are, you know, in our bubble and, you know, 24-7, you know. Absolutely. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's all fun because sometimes you get the other side, which are people who are too close to it like us, and it's all, you know, ah, negative and we're not happy yeah. with this. And, and so it's fun to hear what the casuals think sometimes. Uh, even, the, even the people who go, but you know it's fake, right? As if, like, the, yeah. there was this epiphany that had hit, had hit us or had hit them, and they were like, I have to tell these people who are really big fans of this stuff. Um, okay, so uh, I don't I don't know if your uh, if your update story uh, on your children have to do with the pumpkin patch, but I did see some photos of the pumpkin patch. Um, what 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 what's what what's the story? Uh, what's the kids' update for this week? All right, Hunter's still doing his thing, you know, right now. He's slowly but surely. Uh... Just getting his strength and 
you know, he was, I think he was being an early walker. Like clearly he just, he's just, he's just jacked to go get up and play with her, you know? So, but yeah, we had fun at the Funkin' Patch. It was, it was a lot of fun. Kind of like a quick little photo shoot of there, you know, and I was so bad because I got off work. I was kind of grumpy. I just didn't want to go out there. But once we got out there, it was a lot of fun and, um, you know, and, you know, going on the work vacations, work, not work vacation, work trip soon. So like, I'm going to be away from, Chloe and the kids for a while, so it was yeah. Don't nice don't don't say work vacation. Uh, in, in I know, I know. Well, I already thinks we're gonna be partying out there. So. <laughs> we were joking at work that because my, my other coworker's wife too, like, like, oh, you're just gonna have fun out there, blah blah. blah. So we're like, we we're planning our timestamps of like our photos, like just these crazy like photos, like during mid afternoon, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. at, a, at a bar or something like that. You know, but, you know. We're not really there just to kind of piss them off. But, but no, the story that I have about Chloe is that the other night, you know, Chloe has a hard time picking up her toys at the end mm-hmm. of the night. Mm-hmm. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's a constant negotiation. You're just yelling sometimes. There's threats of the garbage bag and the garbage man's kid needs the toys, which usually works, but it's like I hate doing it because I also like don't want to hear her crying, you know. So finally I just said, you know what? I like to take a different approach. I go, Chloe, come here. Come here. She walks over. Yeah, Daddy? Why don't you want to pick up your toys? And she's like, I can't. (laughs) I'm like, well, why why can't you pick up your toys? My arms are tired. (laughs) And I said, oh, my God. (laughs) How do you not laugh, right? And I'm like... I start chuckling a little bit because we were like, Trina and I look at each other like, what the heck? Like, how did she come up with this, right? And I'm like, and I'm like, well, you better get some, you better wake them up, start picking these toys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, how does a three-year-old think of this, you know? Like, my arms are tired. Like, oh, man. Yeah, I'm I sure. I, 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 I do wonder, like, I wonder if, like, uh, you know, somebody said that and she just picked up on it or, or something. Kids are sponges, man. Yeah, like what? How she watching that iPad? I got. <laughs> What's on that kid's YouTube? Did you hear about the craziness of the YouTube dropping for an hour and like yeah, all freaking yeah. out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, world? absolutely. You know my and my buddy Big D. He he has the uh, the Dragon Ball channel, and uh, I saw some tweets. He was going a little crazy, and then what they did was because uh, he <clears throat> he creates content that goes into a draft and then you know so he gets he gets things kind of queued up for uh, a mm-hmm. few days in advance and i guess within the midst of this uh of, of whatever outage they had they uploaded something that wasn't supposed to be uploaded until next week so he was all like freaking out because you know he needs to oh, he needs shoot. to time his stuff so that he gets the, the the most amount of views and he kind of has his his own rhythm and stuff but he was yeah he was pretty mad so i was like oh god it had to be a pretty big outage for the entire website to go down because you know, with with as much content that is on is on YouTube and and as many servers as they have and you know all the people who are who are creating content and who are utilizing YouTube sort of like for their income, like I can imagine the hell that yeah. they that they took. Yeah, it was so, funny because you know easily like Chloe watch her iPad. Try we try to regulate the time, but all of a sudden she goes, Dad, Daddy, she's like. 
like a little more whining than anything. She's like, I'm looking at him. I'm trying to fix it. I'm thinking like, what the heck's going on? I'm checking the internet service. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And then yep. like, no, I look on Twitter and it's like hashtag YouTube on. And then I, then I started like diving into it and I'm like laughing at all these memes that people are posting about it. I thought, I thought, the, I thought the internet community got rallied pretty funny around it over all in all, you know, I thought, was, I thought it was pretty good. There's one like, when your kid's YouTube goes off, like, <laughs> parent freaking out. It was, it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. So that's it. That's the update right now. And uh, it's going to be hard. I could lead for Fresno on Friday. And it's really hitting me that I'm going to miss my kids. And a, lot of, a lot of FaceTime. Chloe's having a heart strength. Lately, I know she's really attached to my hip, which I love. But, like, she's also, like, like you know, she, like, gets really upset when, like, she wakes up in the morning and daddy's not there, daddy's at work. And, you know, we FaceTime in the morning. And it's just like, oh, it just breaks my heart. So, but I got to do it. Work duty calls. got to pay the bills. But yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be hard out there for that long. And, yeah, a lot of FaceTime for sure. Thank God for FaceTime. One of the best inventions ever, in my opinion. Like, I, I know. It's amazing. Yeah. My, my mom talked about it. Like, it's like... You know, today live in Auburn. I live in San Jose, so you know we, you know, usually every night or every other night, call my parents and they get opportunity to see the kids. And mm-hmm. you know, so it's it's like the greatest. It's the greatest, you know. Heck yeah, man! I when I had to go on business trips, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have anything like that, which would have been very much helpful when the kids were smaller. You know, I don't really have anything. Um, I think your your story was good enough. Um, you know, my kids, uh, uh, I mean, there's bits, there's small things here and there, but I think I'll, I'll save it for when there's really something, something funny that makes me laugh. Um, uh, but before we go, the, the favorite, the favorite, uh, segment, what, what's John watching? Are, are you watching more MLW? Is it, uh, some all Japan? Is it something I never even heard of? Um, I watched the October Ford Noah show, which was really good from top to bottom. They had their junior tournament finals, uh, Yohei versus Kotoro Suzuki, which is a really, really good match. Um, Yohei is uh, really charismatic. So I really like him. He's my favorite of the Rattles. Heel, uh, not heels. They're actually baby faces now, stable. Actually, Harada's the best, but like I just really like Yohei's like, personality, major league personality, in my opinion. And the main event, Nakajima versus... Segura was fantastic. Four and a half star match. Physical as hell. Throwback to the old Noah style. I mean, not necessarily like head dropping or anything like that. It's just like hard kicks and um, chops and stuff. And there was, it's just like Nakajima. If you've never seen Nakajima and Noah, look him up. Like, i never seen a guy with the time of kicks, like in safe places. Like, he's just rifling off like kicks. And hitting the pockets between the shoulder and the neck, like right there, just perfectly each time. And it's he's going pretty fast. It is it's pretty impressive. And um, I did watch the opening night of the Junior Tag League in Japan. Um, I thought that was a fun show. On the main event with the uh, Rapungi 3K versus Bushi and Shingo Tagagi um, was really good. Really good. It's kind of bummed that Shingo Takagi is put in this junior heavyweight situation because I feel like <laughs> he's a really good, you know, he can compete at the heavyweights and 
looked good against them, and I just don't think he should be. Hopefully, he moves out of the division soon. Maybe just I know they need a partner for Bushi, but I just mm-hmm. wish. Um, you know, and it's cool that he's a new fan. Part of me is kind of like bummed because I kind of liked him when he left Dragon Gate and was doing some freelancing in all Japan and showing up here and there these different promotions and making like these fresh matches on the indie level of New Japan. I really like that. Or uh, 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 Japanese wrestling, I, I like that. So um, I did watch MLW this week. It was an okay show. Not the kind of missing something. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. had his first singles match and. He definitely looked better than the tag match he was in. He, he looked better. Um, like, he had a lot of charisma. Definitely has a lot of charisma, a lot of personalities. The wrestling's a little, a little behind. Like, he's so young, you know, so. Yeah. Got, got people away. The main event was Teddy Hart versus uh, Rich Swan. It was just like a a move match. It was weird. Like, I set you up, do a move, set you up. Do a move, set you up. Do a move, make a comeback. Do a move. it was like there was like no flow. Yeah, it was it was very odd. I didn't like that. I just did not like that match. So I like Teddy Hart's personality. I think he has a unique charisma. And like he's a heel, but he likes to play to the crowd. He just his own weird way about his own. You know, he's kind of loose can himself. So, other um, than that, it was an okay show. I think things are gearing up. Um, next week, there's a big hardcore match with Sammy Callahan and that Jimmy Havoc guy. I'm not really looking forward to that because I'm my kind of thing, and I'm not really impressed with Havoc, though Callahan is intriguing with his intensity, but other than that, yeah, I haven't really, that's about it right now for what John's watching. Um, did see the Connors. (laughs) So wait, so wait, Roseanne, Roseanne had an opiate addiction is that overdose? how she died yeah overdose on pain medicine yeah she overdosed on pain medicine which is was she wearing her, know, what was she wearing her uh her make america great again hat though while she died <laughs> no it was you know it's funny because it was, it was a curiosity because you know, my wife's a big i mean i grew up on roseanne too i watched it you know growing up but like katrina you know she's nine years younger but she you know she mostly saw the tail end and she saw like a lot of the reruns right so yeah but she really liked Roseanne. She'd always watch the rerun. And so when this reboot happened, she was like, yeah, it was great. And I actually liked the reboot. But then, like, I was really curious, like, how is this show going to be without Roseanne? How, yeah. You know, and actually, you know what? Not bad. So I'm just curious to see how the ratings hold up without her. Uh, I thought they did a really good job explaining the death. It robbed the bat. You know, she's not on it, obviously, but it just starts off with her death and their family coping and, there's some really good stuff, and I don't know. I'm gonna continue the show. I like it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going. That's my John TV watching uh, moment of the segment. So, well, the the, the one the, the one the one thing we didn't mention is that we watched that TNA pay per view. Uh, what was oh, yeah. the What was the fallout of uh, Aries and Morrison? I, I guess I, I didn't I didn't read any of the of the TV tapings or anything, but uh, do you know the story that they're actually trying to tell there? Um, I didn't read a few tapes either. I did put out like a bunch of tweets about how I'm not a big fan of the work shoot stuff that just doesn't really doesn't really help business or do anything. It just took away from the match, took away from Johnny Impact. I thought that was a really good match. It took away from his victory and crowning him as a champion. I, I just 
I just felt like all of a sudden Vince Russo was back booking TNA or Impact Wrestling. I just didn't. I just I don't like that part of it. Um, and actually, when I put those tweets out, I got a pretty good response from those. A lot of Did people, you? Yeah, a lot of people retweeting and liking what I wrote. So I was kind of, yeah, I kind of just threw it out there, just out there, just out of frustration and interesting to see people react. I guess people feel the same way, which is, you know, isn't the work shoot stuff so like what two thousand two? Who knows, right? It's like, yeah, no one believes that stuff, and it's even worse on any level. People that are doing that bullshit, I used to hate that. The old bookers APW used to try to book these work shoot shit that the fans had no idea. The wrestlers had a hand sign to couldn't pull it off. It was just like, ugh, that's horrible. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not a regular watcher of uh, of that product. Uh, I, I th- I'm trying to think of when's the last time I actually saw an Impact or slash TNA uh, pay-per-view, and, and, it, and it would have to be a long time, I think. I want to say that whatever that first pay-per-view was, after Hogan and Flair and 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 uh, whoever else joined TNA, I think like I, I got suckered in and I bought that one. So I don't know how many years ago that was, like eight years or something, nine years. Um, but uh, yeah, so... 2009, yeah. So, so think, uh, uh, long time ago. <laughs> so yeah, so it's the last time. So, the, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I more so enjoyed the pay-per-view, just, you know, being able to shoot the stuff with you guys. But um, but I guess, I guess they're... As far as I can tell from the spoilers, um, there there wasn't a follow up. At least at the tapings in front of the crowd, there wasn't a, a follow up. I'm sure maybe maybe they'll have Aries do a, a video package or or something. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, it, there there it was slightly intriguing, but more in the way of like, why the fuck do they think that they need to do this, and what could they possibly be building up to, like? You know that it was more like that than it was like oh I can't wait to see what comes out of this. So, I think but yeah, they're they're just des- they're just desperate for news that people you know something that get people to talk about the product and I understand that right you know they're in a tough situation and but it's just like, I just think think that's not the way to go you know just that's not the way to get people talking I think continue to put on quality shows continue to get the word that. You know, you're you're not booking BS anymore. Though there was the uh, the Undead Realm segment, with yeah. the uh, the B movie from Charles Band at Fulbright Entertainment, like I call it. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it's just you know it, that's they're just trying to maybe do something with the Matt Hardy stuff because that got such a reaction from the from a, a certain audience, and I don't know. It's just. Uh, it just didn't work for me, of course. It's either the Matt Hardy stuff, so you know I wasn't gonna like it anyways. But um, yeah, they're just trying to do stuff to kind of draw some interest and keep this thing going. And and but you know, hope they can turn this thing around. And I think they're on a a good path though overall. So you know, yeah, maybe. I mean, I know you like. I know you're liking the TV a lot better. Uh, and and uh, at least at the very least. Um, you know, they have Tessa Blanchard and, 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 you know, some other people like when they, when they bring in Pentagon and Phoenix and stuff like that are, that are, are, are really good. So, um, but yeah, so that, that'll be it from here next week. We've already promised two weeks in a row, a wrestling observer hall of fame, our thoughts on those, uh, on, on our choices in our categories that we're picking in. 
And, uh, and yeah, and then there will be a little bit of a lead up to evolution. I'm sure that we'll be able to talk about, but, uh, yeah, other stuff will pop up and more news will come out. And, you know, this new Japan stuff that we, we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, there wasn't really anything new this week to, to really talk about, but yeah, there will be tons of stuff and, uh, and we'll have stuff to talk about next week. So for Mr. John LaRocca, I'm double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.